Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Underpowered Hour on this week's show, Imitation Land Rovers, the Yang Wang and the Jet Tour, plus updates on the Workshop Organization Project, and Ike gets the world's second stupidest car. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the leaded fuel to Stephen's electric power. I'm the unnecessary pollutant of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, in the news this week, uh, there is uh, yet another specialty Range Rover model. This one, the all new, all new Range Rover Sport SV. And oh boy, is this a, is this a special one? It has got twin turbocharged 4.4 liter V8. Is it these, big old? Are these fraternal old. twins? Fraternal, <laughs> fraternal turbos? I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't say if they're identical or fraternal twin uh, turbos. I'm not sure. That's a good question, so, though. What are the other specs on this uh, new edition? Uh, does this fall in the Range Rover Special Edition lineup? Uh, is, boy, it before? is it above or below the Astronaut Edition? Uh, I think this is technically below. It's just below, though. It's just below the Astronaut Edition. It's below like that crazy uh, one that you could only get in like Montauk or whatever for that one weekend, like on the one leap day every four mm. years or whatever. Um, leap oh, year did you see that one? Yeah. That one that's just in, you can only get in, I think it's in the United Arab Emirates or in Dubai or something. They're only making like four of them. It's like the hmm. Ultra Arab Edition one. It's super cool looking. Very cool. Does it come amazing. with a Falcon hatch? It doesn't, but it's like all gold. It's like amazing. It's just solid best. gold Range Rover. Yeah, it's like a solid gold. Right? It's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> it looks like C three PO. It's incredible. That's like what. That's like what the hobo says when you ask him what they would do with their lottery winnings. I would buy a solid gold Range Rover. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what it is. That's what it is. It's for that guy. Uh, this one has uh, six hundred and twenty six horsepower. And uh, 553 pound-feet of torque. So that ought to be 
uh, quite useful off-road with all that uh, all that torque. I'm sure that's what it's meant for. Does, but, does it say how much it tows? Uh, it does actually. You know, it didn't state that, um, but I, I think it does have a tow hitch. But most important, and I think this is this is a key factor. It is uh, 30 pounds lighter than the previous Range Rover Sport. Pounds. Yeah, and 30 does pounds. Does that translate into some sort of performance characteristic? Uh, it's an, I believe it's an eighth of uh, horsepower more. Cargo capacity is 30 pounds more, or more. they took that out of the suspension? So mm, yeah, I'm not sure where. Or, yeah, I think I just yeah. generally it's 30 pounds more performant now. They took the floor mats out. <laughs> I don't even, I mean, it was just one of the floor mats. Well, just, floor just the mat. rear ones, I think. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can stop now and have lunch, and then you and your passenger can have lunch, I guess. And yeah, and and it looks like the stopping is important to this car. It has like a carbon fiber wheels, and you can yep. see the giant brake calipers through the oh, wheels, yeah. and the, the brake calipers are painted yellow, if I remember correctly. Yeah, is that right? They're yellow. Yeah, they're yellow. You yeah. look Although like I'm sure it's an SV. They look so like little bananas in their wheels. They do look like little bananas. I thought that too. <laughs> Although it's an SV, so I imagine you, you can probably get a lot of that stuff customized. I think they'll probably do sort of whatever you want. Although this is like, this is from that SV line of like, yes, it's an SV, but also it's all these things that we've already picked out for you. So it sort of is SV, but kind of also different. So, so it's really it's cool. not like a custom SV special edition. Right. It's an edition, not, like an autobiography not, sort of not thing. an yeah, SV, like a, right? That's Does right. That makes that's sense? right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's like the, mean, the, the Lego guys have picked out all the custom Lego that they like and built mm-hmm. a thing for you. Yeah, I think. So, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Zero to 60 in uh, 3.4 to 3.6 seconds. That's, again, that's depending on if you've added back that 30 pounds yourself or not. Mm-hmm. If you're not carrying it, I guess it's 3.4. And uh, it's priced at the uh, very affordable $181,775. Um, I'll, I'll take two. Yeah. Well, they're only making 600 so... Get there They're only making six hundred. Only making six hundred. Yeah, better, better get one fast. That's right. That's right. Get them while they uh, while they're hot. And if you want to see some incredible, as usual, incredible photos of the SV Sport, uh, head on over to Nick Dimbleby's Instagram. Is always a great place to see just generally photos of Land Rovers, but uh, certainly this one. Nick's just posted the embargo. The photo embargo has been lifted. And Nick's just posted a bunch of uh, super awesome photos of this car actually doing real sort of off-road track stuff, too. Uh, They have it on the obstacle course at uh, what looks like the Eastern Castle cement obstacle course, like with one wheel way up in the air and doing fun Range Rover-y stuff, which is really cool. And uh, also looking like it goes uh, super fast. It looks real Looks real beast modey. So that one uh, picture that he took of it uh, drifting around some track somewhere looked uh, looked like people were having a good old time with it. Oh yeah, it looks like it'd be fun. They, I have to say, those super high spec Range Rover Sports are very fun to drive. Like they don't seem like they would be a Range Rover. They are fun to drive. They're have really... you driven one? Oh yeah, yeah, we have a Range Rover Sport. They're, they're Donkey Kong edition. The Donkey Kong edition. Yeah, we have the Donkey Kong edition. The one that you can throw barrels out of the back of. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. Susceptible to turtle shells, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, super successful. Yeah, super. So that's the only thing. Yeah, the red ones especially. Um. So uh, speaking of susceptible to red turtle shells, uh, how goes things in the world of the Ineos Grenadier? 
um, Harry you Potter know, star and chemical tycoon, uh, Mr. Radcliffe's uh, car uh, du jour. I, I saw a hilarious post on hmm. the old internet, quick segue, of the British billionaire's idea of an off-road vehicle. And of course, it was the Grenadier. And then Americans, uh, billionaire's idea of an off-road vehicle. And it was the Tesla Cybertruck. This is a pretty, pretty good contrast because it's true. I guess it's sort of like both of those billionaires decided they wanted to make their own, you know, sort of off-road truck thing. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty contrasting ideas. So, uh, when you have uh, an unlimited amount of uh, money to spend on, uh, on your activities, you might do things like uh, start a space program or yep. uh, start a uh, SUV Company. manufacturing concern. And uh, the the Ineos is, uh, yeah, it's it's very uh, it's a spiteful vehicle. We've talked about that a little. Oh bit. yeah, it, yeah. It's a it's a vehicle made purely out of spite, purely out of spite. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, it. I mean, I saw you know I was at a, a, a Land Rover Club meeting, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and our good friend Bill Rattan, who will come on the show once he feels like he has really, you know, become one with the vehicle. He uh, he has one. And really cool blue color, blue and white color. And uh, I got a good walk around of it and saw the interior, saw the exterior. Uh, I like the car, generally speaking. I don't love the front. And I think a lot of people have said they kind of don't love the front. It's sort of like the worst bits of a Toyota Land Cruiser. But um, but I like it, generally speaking. It is a little less Defender, a little more Glendevogen, I think, in person than you would than you would think it would be. But of course it would be because... You know, it's a modern car. Everything inside of it is clad. You know, it's all finished with plastic interior and cloth and everything. It's not like the Defender. But the modern Defender, you know, the, the 2016 Defender is mostly, it's not entirely, but mostly has internal panels and stuff. So there's not, it's not like the 90s Defender that had a lot of, you know, exposed aluminum. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It is, it is, it does feel a little bit more like a, an early 2000s Glendevogen than it does a Defender, I suppose. That, that is true. Oh, I see. So, yeah. I, and funny enough, like, I love a Glendewagen. I think they're super cool. I don't like the super new one. I think they've probably gone a little bit too far away from the source material. But the ones in the 90s, I think those are great cars. They're, like, really stupid, especially the AMG one with, like, the giant death motor and stuff. Like, they're just a totally stupid car that probably shouldn't exist, but I love that, that Mercedes still makes them. You know, it's like a, Super dumb car. Oh, uh, with each successive generation, they just keep adding more facets, you mm -hmm. know, to the to the mm -hmm. vehicle mm -hmm. to the point where it's starting to look a, a little Decepticon-y. You know, yep. it's got yep. uh, so many facets. the The resolution is increasing. At some point, it'll just be smooth again. But it'll uh, be smooth. Yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> those angles, man. Yeah, it's of becoming a higher and higher bit rate until at some point it is just completely smooth. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It's becoming, uh, you know, it's gone from like a, an 8-bit game and we're now somewhere in like the 64-bit, I think. Pretty soon, yeah, it's going to be indistinguishable from round. So, I don't know, but God bless them for continuing to make that stupid thing. I mean, it's like $500,000 now or something for one of them, but uh, that's what you have to charge to make a car like that in, <laughs> in the modern era. But, uh, you know, God bless them for making that stupid thing still. You know, hey, you know, that's what it would have taken Land Rover to make it. It would have been $300,000 too, you know, if they would have continued to make a, a Defender that nobody would have bought it, but whatever. Anyways, speaking of uh, a Land Rover that nobody would have bought, how many people have bought 
the said Grenadier. There's some figures that have come out now about uh, sort of purchasing on the uh, on the Grenadier. Is it as popular as everybody hoped that it would be? Well, we uh, we kind of sicked our research department on this question of how many Grenadiers have been sold, and uh, I wasn't able to come up with a definitive answer. You know, there were some estimates based on mm-hmm. the number of cars per day that they were right. claiming to have made. Right. You know, and uh, there were some other estimates based on sales figures that yeah. had come out in certain markets. But right. Uh, right. I think the the total number is kind of unclear, especially, mm-hmm. you know, as far as up to date 2024 figures. Right. A little tough. Yeah. 2023 is kind of like they're introducing halfway through the year, yeah. you know, but uh, they they claim 25,000 to 35,000 vehicles is kind of their their, their goal for yeah. their you know, initial yeah. yeah it's 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 not so bad it's it's i think not too far off the number of defenders that landover selling yeah know? yeah so that's what their their goal is now i think they uh estimates were 10,000 vehicles were delivered last year and i mm-hmm. think they started deliveries what about halfway through last year yeah. or something yeah. like that so uh if you've got some more information on how many Grenadiers have been sold. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I mean, again, I uh, I'm rooting for the Grenadier. I think it's cool that it exists. You know, it's a neat uh, it's a neat car, and it's polarizing, and it should be, I guess. You know, so is the Defender. You know, both new and old. You know, lots of people didn't like the old Defender. Lots of people don't like the new Defender. And uh, you know, I uh, yeah, I think it's neat though. I, I like the um, you know, I like the sharper image world band clock inspired uh, interior and. Uh, you know, all those switches. It's very, it's very fun. It's a Brookstone. Yeah, the Brookstone. Brookstone yeah. yeah. Clock radio is yeah. the interior source material. Yeah, yeah uh, it really is. Yeah, you know, as far as uh, imitation Land Rovers go, it's uh, it's it's up there. It no is doubt. up there. It is up there. It is up Speaking there. of imitation Land Rovers, we have a bumper crop for you guys today. Oh, do we? This is, uh, I mean, this, this may be, I mean, you know, I don't want to go uh, out over my skis here, but this may be the finest set of imitation Land Rovers we've had, certainly in in recent memory, um, maybe of all time. We'll let uh, we'll let you be the judge of that. But uh, these are some good ones. This is uh, these are definitely worth a Google. Let's just put it that way. These are these yeah. are some great ones. So and you gotta like, be what, you gotta be uh, careful, yeah. gang. <laughs> you gotta be careful when you're googling these. Yeah, maybe uh, don't Google these at work, just in case you uh, throw of, in a typo there. But uh, yeah, a word of warning. You know, spaces no. and punctuation are important and very important in these cases. So, uh, like, what is the uh, what is the first uh, imitation layer? First of all, oh, saying that these are these are both uh, from the. Uh, from the De- uh, Democratic Republic of uh, of uh, China, these are these are uh, super uh, super nouveau Chinese market cars. These are uh, part of the new wave of the Chinese SUV uh, market, and uh, as we know, uh, they have a somewhat of a reputation uh, for creating cars that uh, may may bear uh, a you know a striking resemblance to cars that we have here in uh, in North America and in the United Kingdom. Let's just say that intellectual property is not always a barrier to production on some of these That's cars. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the first one is the Yang Wang U8. You heard me right, the Yang Wang U8. And uh, if that name sounds familiar, it could be for a variety of reasons, but hopefully it's because <laughs> of 
their production of a Chinese supercar. So their latest entry is a super SUV that has yeah. some remarkable sure features. Is. Yeah, <laughs> really, that, really, yeah. remarkable, remarkable features. Um, and and this this uh, vehicle is uh, slated to be shown at the Geneva Motor Show. So this one, yep. Yep. they say, may may come to Europe. You know, which is kind of interesting. So we may have some direct competition between yep. the the Wang U8 and uh, the Land Rover. Um, yeah. We'll have to get so, Dimbleby to or, uh, see if he can get a hold of a, maybe a test model of the Yang Wang. A Yang Wang. <laughs> you can get Dimbleby <laughs> on testing the Yang Wang. I feel like, feel like Dimbleby knows his way around a Yang Wang, you know? It's very possible. It's very mm-hmm. possible. Claimed 1,184 horsepower plug-in hybrid. That sounds like a ridiculous, unbelievable This is like number. a... Yeah. Do you think it's, it's possible? Like a, like a bell helicopter. Um, I mean, yeah, anything is possible, I suppose. Isn't that like a, isn't that like a Bugatti Veyron? <laughs> like the same horse. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a now, lot. It's a lot. They claim the Yang Wang will go 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds. Now, well, compare like that. Rover. Yeah. Compare that to the, the Range Rover SV, which has yeah. how many horsepower? 600 yeah. horsepower? That has 628 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Roughly yeah, half, yeah, roughly, yeah, you know, yeah. a little more than half of the horsepower, yeah, a little, a little, a little but more. same zero to 60 time. So the Yang Wang, mm-hmm. we we think, uh, may weigh quite a bit more. Well, it's definitely it, going to have those extra 30 pounds. Um, that's for sure. You know, in the photos, in the yeah. photos, it looks, uh, it looks very large. A little bit heavier. Yes. Now, yeah, in the second photo, there's a horse next to it. Now, we're not sure how far away that horse is. Uh, the horse is looks quite tiny, but we're are not you, sure if it's far away or if it's just if it's just that the are car you is comparing giant. your Yang Wang to a horse to is a horse? Yes, I'm, I, there's a photo here that compares so, Yang Wang to a horse. Do not you know, do not Google comparison. that. Yeah, Yang don't, Wang don't, horse no, photo. Don't do don't not do that. Google the Yang Wang horse photo. Yeah, there's also uh, there's great photos of the interior. I have to say the interior looks it's very luxurious. It's kind of like it reminds me of the uh, the Porsche. Uh, what is it? The uh, the uh, Panamera that has the the tunnel that goes right down the middle of the car. Like everyone yep. is sitting in their own car almost because there's like so much tunnel. Yep. In, it's uh, like a it divider. Yeah, it's like a divider. Yeah, it has that. It has that kind of look. You have a screen in front of the passenger, a screen in front of the driver, a screen down the middle. I believe there's there's screens in front of each uh, each rear passenger. There's a screen mm-hmm. in the trunk. I think you know every, there's screens everywhere. Everywhere everything's got a screen. My favorite photo is the one where they have indications drawn of where the speakers oh, yes. Yes, where are the located. Speakers so are they located. have like yeah. they've yeah. drawn sound waves in, and it just mm-hmm. looks like mm-hmm. it has one of those like microwave weapons, <laughs> so you can like incapacitate your your rear passengers. It says it does. It does look like that. In case of, uh, yeah, in case of rear passengers not, you know, I don't know, supporting the uh, message of the Communist Party, you can simply, uh, you know, incapacitate them. Yeah, you know? with with microwave radiation. It- oh, there is. There's another screen in between the two rear passengers. We're gonna oh, in banned. the armrest. Yeah, in the armrest. We're going to abandon in China. Oh, look at, there's a, uh, there's the Yang Wang climbing a uh, dune. They got some dune. Where? I don't know. Are, there's, are there dunes? In- oh, there's dunes in China for sure. It's a very large Absolutely. Desert. Absolutely. Gobi Desert. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. They're 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 the Yang Wang and the Gobi. You gotta so, be careful you don't uh, get your Yang Wang stuck in the Gobi. Tell now now there's some other around, features though. this vehicle has that are pretty remarkable too. Uh it, it supposedly will turn like a tank. So it's got yeah. four independent 
you know, motors yeah. at each wheel and yeah. uh, you can turn them in opposite directions. So it will yeah. turn around on Just its axis. Like circle. It's yeah. That's super Which cool. I'm told, I'm told one of the new Mercedes G-Wagon editions will also. Oh, do. we'll do that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, mm-hmm. the electric one. Yeah. The electric one will yeah. do that. I have seen that. Yeah. That's super cool. That's super cool. Which you is kind what? of interesting. Now that you mention it, that one slightly more faceted. The electric one, a little bit more faceted. Yeah. yeah. It's a few more facets. It's there you go. There. there you go. Yeah, it's getting and, there. Yeah. And I think that one also has a mode where it like hops on its suspension. Yes, to it get can hop unstuck. up and down to get unstuck. Yeah, where the one of the other SUV, the current currently selling Mercedes does that and everybody just hops them at traffic lights. And that's that's Why the, not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's like a low rider. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's so true. I, th- I believe the Yang Wang will do that. Okay. It will also... Sure. It will also drive on three wheels if you have a flat tire, meaning it just lifts one of the wheels up like a like a dog with a like a with a with a yeah. like a horn in its paw, like a, like a Citroen, like an old Citroen will do, like that an old as Citroen. Well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh wow, that's cool. And it also floats. It the floats. Yang Wang floats. Yeah, it's so like you, a, like you could turn it into boat mode. Not, I do not believe it drives in the water. Like it oh. has no propulsion. It just, but if you were to set it in a body of water, it would not sink. It just floats. So it's like a it floats. Like a buoy. Like a buoy. So if you, if a buoy if constructing a buoy is too expensive, you just could get, get a yangwang. Just get a yangwang. So somebody could like tow you theoretically. Yeah. Like you, you could hook up a, a boat to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, like a like a tube. Like a like a like a like a sure. ski tube. Hmm. All it's right. a feature that I had not considered that I no. ever wanted, but no. now that I know that it exists, I don't think I can buy another vehicle that doesn't do that. You're right. You're right. I kind of feel like we need that, actually. That's a good point. And yeah, like you said, this is potentially, this potentially is going to be sold in Europe. Oh, Any yeah. idea on how much this thing will cost? It doesn't uh, really say, I, I guess. I think it's $3,700. $3,700, yeah. And <laughs> they, uh, yeah. And a deal at that. I mean, it's a good, it's a good deal. We'll have a no, link. I, I, it didn't notes. say. Yeah, it, it, it did say. not say. No, but uh, I, I'm already on the order list for you. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll have a link to the Top Gear article in the uh, in the show notes. So definitely, definitely cruise over and check out that Yang Wang. It's a, uh, it's good. It's a, it's a good looking SUV. There's a tiny horse next to it. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's kind of got. It's got everything you need. You know, so far now, as a Chinese knockoff vehicle goes, it's really great. Now that that imitation Land Rover has perhaps. Uh, one of the greatest names of any SUV ever made. However, However. the next one that we're going to talk about might be even better. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I I, I, I was going to say, I don't know. I think this is maybe, it's a tie, I think, at best. If not, you know, like, this has a, this has an amazing name for kind of a totally different reason. This is like the, uh, yeah, this feels like a manga transformer kind of something or other. I mean, this one is, this is a different kind of experience. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. This vehicle is called the Jetour Traveler Silver Dragon Wing Stargazer. That's right. It is. Could it be, does it get better than that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you could add to that. You know, maybe HD, like 4K UHD Supreme. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do there. You've kind of done it all. Yeah. No. And this this also, uh, this is the only car in the list here that transforms into a giant fighting robot, yeah, if need be. So, and it has I, one of those theme songs when you get into it, you know, that's all in Japanese. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
Yeah. It, it's comprised of four smaller vehicles yeah. that, uh, yeah, that join together, <laughs> join together. Yeah. You know, uh, it does, it does, the name is very reminiscent of, of a Gundam wing. It, yeah. it, it really it, is. It sure but, does. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it, it is be like blue and orange and yeah. yeah. Produced by Chinese state owned Cherry Auto Group, which yep. is why we will probably find nerve agents in our yeah. morning coffee. Yeah, that's right. And it was designed by by former Porsche designer Hakan Sarakoglu, right? And uh, you know, I don't really right. think that's true. If you look at this vehicle, no. it was designed by Land Rover. It, that's, it, uh, it, that's where the <laughs> came from. It, it's a it's a pretty. There's a strong resemblance, we'll say. Yeah, I it was uh, you know it was definitely designed by Professor Doctor Monsignor uh, Jerry McGovern uh, as it is the Defender. <laughs> there is no question about it, and it's and for that reason, I think it's kind of a good looking car actually. <laughs> like it, I I would I would get a Jet Tour. Um, it's got all the fun things that the Defender has. It does have a spice rack. It does have the the sidefold ladder, which I I oh, I've said before. I think the sidefold ladder is like the neatest accessory that um landover has come up with in a while i think the accessory design team is is hitting it out of the park over there at the old jlr and uh, yeah the interior is very suspiciously uh, land rover it's like it's like one to one i think there's parts interchangeability in the in the interior of this particular very possible car. yeah i think i think there's some parts that fit um so yeah this one is this one is okay um but uh but yeah and there's some things that like you know it's funny actually because they kind of sharpened a bunch of the lines and stuff on this like it, it's, it's sort of like they they took the defender and they just like they just ran their fingers over all of the the round bits to sharpen them a little bit there's mm-hmm. some things mm-hmm. that like some of the lines and you know kind of look they kind of look a little better maybe um because they're just a little a little bit sharper it's a little looks a little more old defendery in a couple spots you know mm-hmm. and you, i i'll say it again you can't beat that name i mean no it's amazing no. It's now, amazing. is there yeah. a vehicle that is like just the just the Jet Tour Traveler and is like the Stargazer, like an extra package? And then the like and then the Silver, Silver Dragon, Dragon Wing? Wing. Is that like a, like, I don't even know how you break that thing down. I want to say Jet Tour is the brand. Jet Tour is the brand. OK, that makes and sense. And then Traveler is the model. Is the model. Yeah. And then, and then we're looking Silver at a Silver Dragon, Dragon Wing, Wing Stargazer. Stargazer. Might be the addition. Might be the addition. Yeah. Okay. I could well, be wrong. Sense. I could be wrong. Yeah. Awesome. You yeah. know, uh, what I will say is, you, you know, if you're shopping for a vehicle, uh, this one's very reasonably priced. Uh, it is. Twenty yeah. one thousand three hundred dollars mm-hmm. is the entry level price, which is about the same as uh, a nice golf cart. I it believe. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My golf cart, I think, was is certainly more than that. But I like it. You know, it's it's the most Defender esque of all of these ripoff vehicles that we've seen uh, in this uh, in this little adventure. And um, yeah, I think you would have a hell of a time getting this serviced. There really aren't a lot of specs on how you know. I don't what, think it can be drives it. It's three yeah. D printed from it's... the tires to the roof, and uh, <laughs> you can't take it apart. Nope, nope. You just kind of as it drives forward, it just sort of snaps off of its things, and uh, yeah. It, it, you could get a 1.5 liter, a 1.6 liter, and a more robust two liter engine. It's a, that's an interesting a 1.5 or a 1.6. <laughs> I just want a little bit more power, just a little. Maybe that's. I, I just want the <laughs> just want the dragon. I don't need the wing. I don't need the wings. I just need the dragon. I'm gonna go. Silver is a given, 
but then I just need, just give me silver dragon. Don't give me silver dragon wing. You know, I don't want, I don't need silver dragon wing. All right. I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that bold. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, here we go. Here, here are some specs on it. So they, the maximum power, uh, of the 1.5 liter, these are all turbocharged by the way, uh, is, uh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. I get it. Okay. Here's how it works on this list. There is no 1.5 liter. So that's interesting, but, uh, You've got 182 horsepower from the 1.5 liter, 250 horsepower from the uh, from the two liter, and then there's a 1.5 liter uh, partial hybrid, which is 182 horsepower. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go, and they're all turbocharged, and they all go 112 miles per hour, and they have between 214 and 288 foot pounds of torque. Oof. That is, that is a shitty car, man. That is not a that is not a good car. Wow. Uh, you know, I you say you say that, but um, you know, my my car that I drove today has fifty horsepower. Yes, I I did as well. So uh, yeah, I get that. I know. But also, though, those cars only weigh you know they weigh that extra thirty pounds that they took out. Yeah, <laughs> at least. So, yeah, at this least. thing so, looks like it weighs about nineteen tons. So, so bottom line, bottom yeah. line, yeah, yay or nay, are you buying a Stargazer? I don't think I, I'm a, I don't think I'm in the market for a Stargazer, but uh, I'm a hundred percent Yang Wang, no question. Would you, would you gift a Stargazer to someone you know? Maybe. Like, would you? Yeah, yeah, I'd consider it. Okay. Yeah, I'd consider it. Right. Yeah, you know, like a, a college student, you know, first car kind of situation buy them a, a Chinese knockoff defender that can't be serviced and is shitty. For, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Builds a, character. I don't know if you, character. Do you follow the Facebook marketplace? Do you see the Facebook marketplace sometimes? I do. Yeah, I, I'm on there every once in a while. Do you see like all of the Chinese like electric cars that are like, we'll pay you to take this thing. To take this thing. Yeah. Any parts for them. Yeah. It's like there, yeah. Unserviceable. Like maybe in that category. Like yeah, it might be, yeah. you yeah. know, two years down the road. Well, we'll have to check in with Nick on how he uh, makes out with his Yang Wang to see <laughs> how he gets do on with that. Do yeah. not ask him that question. <laughs> yeah, I just have to see. We'll have him on, get an update. Well, speaking of updates, uh, so this, uh, uh, to round out uh, the show here, uh, this uh, week, uh, these past couple of weeks, well, I've been I've been kind of ill, so I've been sort of shop-bound for the last couple of weeks, so I decided shop to take bound. on... Shop-bound. Yeah, I've, uh, I've decided to take on a... Uh, an epic, an epic storage, uh, like reorganizing project. So, so like you, I have bins of a thousand tiny little, little shit, you know, like little, little bolts and little clips and little fasteners and little connectors and all kinds of things. And, you know, over the decades, you end up with just like little bags and boxes and things and, you know, McMaster car, you know, just keep sending you all the things that you order and you can't stop them, you know? So, it, it, you, you know, know what they say, you know what they say, it, you, the astronomers of the, of the planet that we live on, they say for every grain of sand on earth, there's mm -hmm. 10,000 planets, right? Right. Yeah. For every one of those planets, mm -hmm. I have a thousand screws and nuts and bolts. And <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Just yeah. infinite. It's infinite. Yeah. It's, it's infinite. Yeah, it is infinite. Yeah. And so, you know, Chris and I and Abigail took to the idea of like, okay, well, we've got this 3D printer now uh, from our good friends at Bamboo Lab. 
that we have been trying to come up with fun and exciting projects that we are going to, that we're shooting, we're in the process of shooting and putting together for the YouTube channel. And uh, Linus and Ike have been brainstorming up uh, some good and, and some really bad uh, ideas for things to add to the Land Rover. Uh, I have to say Linus is uh, a real savant when it comes to uh, musing 3D printable Land Rover items. He's come up with some really good ones, actually. We're, he's, uh, got a, he's got a marketing degree. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, he's really, I mean, really, there's some, there's some things I think that are actually like sellable products there. And then a, a hundred different things to attach a tiny Ike to. So we're working, mm-hmm. we're working on that. Yeah, we're working on that. And then um, we are down here. Uh, we thought, well, maybe we would look inward to some shop projects. And so we have taken it upon ourselves to uh, go into printing all kinds of little organization bins for our tiny little screws because uh, we use Acro Mills uh, pullout bins mm-hmm. here. So those are, for those of you who aren't familiar, you can Google them. But, you know, they're the, you know, not, sort of hardware store. Do not store Google pullout. Acro. Oh, no, don't, don't Google that. <laughs> don't, don't Google, Google uh, Yang Wang, though. Do Google that. <laughs> But um, but the Acro Mills bins are just those you know those little pull out pull out plastic things and the problem is is that you know the scale of tininess in many cases that we're working at uh, is fifty times smaller than those little pull out bins even the smallest ones and so uh, we've got some models we've drawn up some things to uh, allow us to uh, quarter or have or tenth those bins down to be able to uh, squirrel away things in there and then as a special bonus. We've actually put QR code labels on the outside of those bins so that I can scan it and get to the McMaster car link, to the Hanson Rivets uh, link, to the Amazon link, wherever that stuff came from. Because my problem is, where the hell do we get that? You know, like, do we yeah. get, we have no, 19 out different of that, where, How do we get more? How do yeah. we get more? I don't, I can't remember where we get that from. And so as we've been doing this, we've also been going through all the inventory to figure out where does that come from? And like, where did we buy that last time? And if we take it out of its box, which is often how I remember how we got something, if we take it out of its like Hanson Rivets box, uh, we put it on the outside of the bin now with a QR code to directly to the link to reorder it. And so we're going to be putting all that on the YouTube channel. But uh, it's a big undertaking, man, printing up all those little bins and stuff. But there will be a day in the hopefully not too far future where we'll have all that little shit organized. And uh, we're organizing into desktop good. stuff that stays on the bench that is used for making up little harnesses, making, fixing things, carburetor needles, all that sort of shit, uh, jets. Uh, and then things that go in our uh, Sortimo cases that will roll over beside the cars and, you know, like shared eyes fasteners and things so that I have that right beside a car it's there in a bin all the different sizes that i need are right there and then that goes back underneath you know one of the things and and we have we've made the plunge like it's a uh it's a commitment i i never thought i would do and Mm. uh i'm not entirely uh i'm not entirely happy or unhappy about it i've simply made my peace with it we've gone to uh the folks at boltsandnuts.com unsponsored i've sent emails they've not responded to me but boltsandnuts.com and ordered uh, the, uh, you know, a mechanic shop index of metric and imperial fasteners uh, for Mm. general shop projects. And so just a big old metal index of generic hardware, because obviously we have stuff that is car centric, 
Uh, and those are special Land Rover fasteners that are all coated and stuff. But then we have all kinds of other random shit that we do, and that just needs, you know, a bunch of different bolts and nuts and shit. And so we've we've got to have them. Got to have them. So that's uh, that's what's been going on around here, printing uh, printing up little bins like crazy and uh, organizing all of the uh, all of the different little boxes and pails and things. And oh my goodness, it is a uh, it's an undertaking. It's a but big yeah. test. It's, yeah, look forward to that test. and. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, up there on the YouTube, you can uh, we'll uh, we'll show all that in the uh, in the first of a couple series of three D printing things uh, as we as we uh, work with our Bamboo Lab Carbon X One and uh, all the fantastic things that we have been printing with it. So more to come on that. Uh, yeah, no, it's a it's an ongoing process. We always struggle to stay organized. Uh, I think any shop does, and we're always. Uh, you, are you familiar with the book Mortal Engines? You know this mm-hmm. this idea mm-hmm. that there's like these cities, and they they drive around and they digest smaller cities, and they yep. you know take all their goods and services and people, and you know like become larger. That's kind of what we do at the shop. You know, we we <laughs> get a vehicle and or or a bunch of parts, and yeah. you know it gets digested, and it all has to be sorted and organized and put away, and you know, the scale of those things is is pretty yep. broad, the spectrum of sizes. And so staying organized and keeping everything in, in a in a sort of a findable index is is certainly a challenge. So I'm looking forward to seeing your update on uh, on your fastener project. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. It is a it is indeed a project, but uh, yeah, it has to be done because you know what? The worst thing when it comes to doing some kind of a rebuild of something or if you're you know, I have a finite amount of time in my shop as I've got nine jobs. So when I, um, you know, when I'm here, I have to really maximize my time. I think a lot of people are right, are like that. If it's a weekend project in your garage or those 20 minutes at night you have to work on your Land Rover, the more optimized your space is, the more time you spend actually working on your project, the less time you spend looking for a fastener or trying to figure out where this thing is or figuring out where that tool is or brushing things aside on your workbench to do the thing that you need to do. So I find that we have to have our space. Plus, you know, I share this space with uh, with a bunch of my uh, colleagues. And so, um, you know, we have to be working together. We have a lot of, you know, very complicated tooling and stuff here. So you know, we have to be really well organized and, and optimized. And it, le- it, it lets me drop in here and work efficiently and get stuff done for two hours instead of <laughs> drop in here, clean up for an hour and then look for something for half an hour and then basically have to leave, you know, so that's, you know, that's yeah, pretty that, important. How long did it take to find those uh, soft top parts? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I got them, though. I found them. I found them. I know where, yeah, they're in that box that I need to send you, which didn't get sent, by the way. I still have it, so. Six days. Six, Six days, days, I think it took, of, of uh, looking. They had looking. to hire a search and rescue team. Yeah. There were dogs involved. There was uh, yeah. a drone, a, a drone swarm. There was there was a lot. As of it things. was, they were on top of a box from our good friends at the CKD shop that has been there for two years. So just to give you a sense of where the progress is on projects, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, now I, did that spur the the great uh, reorganization in the shop? That search, that search yeah, definitely uh, led us to say. We've got to get things a little more squared away. We're also doing, we just so happened to be doing a bit of a tool changeover. So um, our very reliable and uh, well-worn Hobart uh, MIG welder um, has uh, been retired. 
as it uh, it's uh, some of its internal components are honestly end of life. They've stopped making mm. some of it. This is a Hobart welder from uh, from the early 1990s. <laughs> so they've they've stopped making uh, some of it. And uh, the folks at the Lincoln were nice enough to uh, offer us a very, uh, very healthy discount on a brand new uh, Lincoln MIG welder. And so we took delivery of that. And uh, this is one of those ones where it's got the LCD panel on the front. I think it's a 210. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. And you can you know dial in all the stuff. And man, it's... Uh, yeah, I've I've never owned one like that. The the obviously the Hobart is 100% analog, and you use the charts to dial in your everything. That Lincoln is a multi-process welder, right? It is a multi-process welder. It will do anything. Yeah, and I also have their their companion TIG. That my TIG is the is is a newer generation TIG, but um, but yeah. So now we technically have two TIG machines too, which is kind of neat. So we can do some dual TIG welding if ever the if ever. We need to do that. But this will also do a push aluminum gun, which obviously my old stuff wouldn't do. So uh, give that a go. Never had a machine that'll do that. So try yeah, that out. Bull guns, bull guns are super handy for aluminum production. You know, uh, we use ours periodically. I, I'd say we do more TIG welding of yeah. aluminum. But, uh, you know, if you were like, I need to assemble some boxes, you know, the, the mm-hmm. aluminum bull gun is, is pretty handy, I have to say. Yeah, I've never tried one. I've I've always yeah, I just take everything that's aluminum because it's all I could do up to this point. But uh, yeah, I might get one of those and give it a go. And uh, we also retired one of our old uh, plasma cutters, the little guy, because we now do a hundred percent on the plasma table. There's really we kind of had it around because we thought, well, you know, you might want the handheld plasma. You never know when you. The fact is, we have a handheld gun for the plasma engine for our plasma table. So if we ever actually needed to do that we would do it. But the fact is, is that we're so fast at the CAD cam for the uh, plasma table. I don't, unless I'm literally cutting a chassis in half or something, I'm not sure why I would ever not just cut it on the plasma table. The plasma table is so fast and uh, we're relatively good at it. So I do periodically use my plasma cutter to, to get things apart that are extremely stuck. You know, like sometimes it's really handy to be able to very carefully shave away a bolt or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. uh you know and it puts a lot less heat into something than a than a traditional torch might yeah so i i've definitely used it to you know disassemble something that's incredibly rusty and wouldn't otherwise come apart come without apart, uh, many hours of cursing and and work yeah we we bought the machine torch for this uh for this welding engine for the power source when we when we got the table and so we figured well if we really needed it, like under one of the cars or something, we would we would just we can just unplug it from the table and be over there in two seconds. So, we'll, nice. Uh, yeah, it's great. So uh, so that's yeah, that's working well. We got a new. We had to replace the laser. Like I said, it's been a big it's been a big uh, you know couple months for upgrades. Our laser gave up the goat, as Liza likes to say, um, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it uh, we burnt that thing out. We actually completely consumed a a shitty consumer Glowforge laser. And we've upgraded to a big boy laser. It is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy world uh, to get a professional grade laser when we've gone from what is very much a hobby laser that we got given to us that we didn't think we'd ever use. And then we used it so much that we actually like burnt it out completely. And uh, so we, we upgraded to a, a proper commercial grade laser, and, which meant putting a vent fan in the workshop on the roof. And okay, it was a, it was a big undertaking. But holy what, moly. Uh, 
It's crazy. What will they cut? Tell us about it. To what will they cut? Well, uh, so we can cut now up to quarter inch plywood on it, um, mm-hmm. which is which is pretty great. And uh, it's a CO two laser, and uh, it is only a fifty watt, but uh, it's a fifty watt, eighty percent continuous duty cycle, which means you can do four passes. So we can cut. We can cut half inch plywood. Uh, it takes four passes to cut half inch plywood, but we can do that all at the same time. So it'll just go and just keep cutting until it cuts through it. We've never, we would never do that. Like I have no reason to cut half inch plywood at a table saw. I'd never do that. But um, man, it's great for cutting plastics and, uh, you know, cutting. I cut a lot of like clipboard wood, but we call it hardboard. I don't know what it's called here in the US, but uh, Canadians call that stuff hardboard. And uh, we cut a ton of stuff out of that. We do a lot of templates and stuff before we cut it out of aluminum. Uh, out of that stuff because you can fit it up into dashes and stuff and uh, you know when we make switch panels for the rally cars and stuff we'll we'll cut it out of that stuff and uh, it works super good and uh, I make a lot of like little project boxes and stuff and tongue and groove it together or slot it together and just super glue it and it works super good for Mm -hmm. that and uh, and then uh, we can engrave things so for the camera uh, rental business uh, we have tons of stuff that's uh, anodized aluminum and it gets barcoded and it gets the company logo on it uh, with a laser. Laser burns right on that. So, And now engraving tumblers. I got the uh, rotary piece so that I can engrave those Yeti tumblers with Ooh. my logo. Yeah, so look for some of the uh, some underpowered hour uh, Yeti tumblers up on the shop there. I'll get, get to figure out how to, how to do that and uh, we'll put them on there. But yeah, no, it's great. It's great to have the big laser. And uh, so now save a metal CNC machine. Uh, we have everything. We have the traditional lathe and, and bench uh, mill, but our knee mill rather. But um, we don't have a uh, computerized one. We don't have. I mean, our, we have a we have a five axis um, DRO on it, but we don't have uh, we don't have a machine driven one. It's time. Yeah, it's just so easy to to literally drive two blocks to the machine shop to get parts two made. blocks, it two really blocks. Is. It's two whole blocks. Yeah. All right, I'll allow it. Yeah, all right. I'll look. So uh, here at our shop, you know, we, uh, we've we been working on mostly cars instead yeah. of... Uh, Just the shop instead itself. Instead of the shop itself, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's been a little bit of that. But uh, mostly, I would say, uh, we've been working on cars. And so we've been working on, if you've been following along, a 1953 mm-hmm. 80-inch mm-hmm. that uh, was used uh, in... California at a large ranch, 37,000 acre ranch down in Rancho Sisquoc, Santa Maria, California. That car is is running and uh, moving under its own power. So that's uh, that's a big step. Hasn't moved in uh, in a long time, probably 50 years it's been sitting. So uh, that's a cool one to see going again. Mechanically, it's been it's been overhauled. The body is kind of original. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to have that one on the road. That one's been really cool. Uh, been doing some uh, patina restoration work. Had a, a couple of cars that had really excellent original paint, but you know something happened to them. You know, a hole was drilled. A mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a, a panel was damaged. You know, so repairing that and blending it into the the cars. Uh, so got some pictures of that. Um, our good friend Nathan Sykes of Sykes Paint has been helping us with that. 
And uh, man, he's hitting it out of park. It's uh, I'm going to send you some pictures, and you're going to be you're going to be blown away. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's really yeah. hard. It's really hard to match that patina stuff too. Like you know, you you watch the you watch the weekend restoration shows of guys like oh yeah, you just paint it, and then you like rub some rubbing alcohol on it, and you hit it with some sanders, and then there you go, it looks patina, and it's like it's not that. Not I'm not convinced. This no. is this is this is really convincing, and and I think a lot of that comes down to the sheen. Mm-hmm. You know, getting mm-hmm. the sheen right, how the light reflects off the paint. Yeah. Like you know, getting the color is is not super easy, but it's not as difficult yeah. as maybe getting the sheen and how light reacts or reflects yeah. off of the yeah. piece. And having that blend into uh, the rest of a vehicle is sometimes very, very challenging, especially when there's like low or no paint and the aluminum mm-hmm. is showing through, like yeah. getting that to look right is is often very difficult. So uh, we've been working on some of that and uh, it's turning out pretty cool, pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with, uh, with those cars and uh, some of those cars have gone back to their owners and they're like, uh, it's, you know, like it's never even happened. So yeah. I'm... I'm excited to share some pictures of that. We'll put some of that up in the show notes. And uh, yeah, so we've been we've been basically doing that, fixing cars and uh, making them looking good. super good, super good. Making and them. how about the uh, personal acquisition of the uh, world's dumbest truck? Uh, you know, it is not the world's dumbest truck because I can say that because I already own the world's dumbest truck, which <laughs> is a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 411 Unimog. That's right. And yeah, that, that uh, is with a top dumb. speed of 32 miles an hour and a wheelbase yeah. of 73 inches, it is yeah. like driving a diesel seesaw. It is horrible. <laughs> Horrible, and it it's it's vibrates like a rock crusher. That yeah, that's great. Um, I like that little thing. The clutch is a bit weird. You get it, kind of get used to it, but it's fun. The the, the entire driving compartment is weird. It's <laughs> like the car. It's just a weird car. I you know when they they recover supposedly recover alien craft and they yeah, like yeah, reconstruct yeah. what the alien would look like based on the ergonomic ah, controls ah, of the right, craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If you were to do that with the Unimog, yeah, the, the, yeah. the being that you would draw, it would yeah. not resemble a human. No, no, no not at all. Here. No, not at all. That's true. That's no, true. The Germans, uh, for some reason, the Germans at that time were not renowned for their ergonomics. So uh, that that's the world's dumbest truck. The second dumbest truck is just the one that we've just acquired. It's a 1958 Dodge Power Giant Power yeah, Wagon. Is. Yeah, it is. And uh, it is, it's a weird car. They didn't make very many of them, like 300 or so mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. type. And uh, for good reason. Vehicle. For good reason. Yeah. It's it's a weird car. It's got it. The I bumper it. sticks out yeah. some three feet away from the grill, <laughs> and uh, it has like a PTO winch and these like so tow cool. hooks. It, it, it you know it's a very expressive countenance that this vehicle has. It, yeah, it's yes. uh, it's like the a, a monster with an underbite. It's yeah, the, <laughs> big chin sticking out with teeth. It's yeah. crazy. It is. So cool. uh, we'll we'll post up some pictures of that too. So yeah. it's it's running, it's driving, it's moving under its own power. Um, all, all that's happening, but uh, it needs that next round of of yeah. uh, of work, like freshening, getting up. it to getting it to turn within the first two turns of the steering wheel. Oh yeah, right. Getting, yeah, a little bit of that's that's next a little loose in there i guess huh yeah little little loose yeah, yeah. you could you could do a lot of turning without any actual yeah, change yeah, in course change in, in course this is like a boat yeah, yeah. okay no yeah. no well, so uh yeah we'll post up some pictures of that thing too it's a it's a very cool vehicle like very, very uh much. you know yeah. f- 50s american 
pickup truck, early four-wheel drive stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a neat car. I like it very much. It's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool unit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of cool units, yeah, uh, we uh, we've got a we've got a delay on our interview with uh, yeah with Mister uh, after, after the, the Land Rover experience, <laughs> Mister after the Land Rover experience. Yeah, we're uh, we're still we're hot on the trail of scheduling that. We have the uh, our top scheduling team on it though, uh, the same team that is uh, currently dealing with getting uh, Nando's uh, on uh, the show scheduling Ike's uh, review of Nando's. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. get that mm-hmm. on. Uh, right away, that team is any minute uh, uh, crack experts at that, so uh, no worries there. So we'll get him on uh, right away to uh, to talk about uh, crack uh, experts on that or uh, crack expert crack. What, that's what right. was that again? Punctuation there is very important. Yeah, so we'll okay. just leave that to uh, to you there on it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, again, if you haven't checked out. The uh, Freelander video uh, up on uh, YouTube, that's up there. Liza's uh, painstaking restoration of the uh, Freelander is underway, uh, starting out with the uh, O2 sensors, uh, which, uh, oh, man, I still have the scars, man. They, uh, that thing is terrible. I, uh, I was impressed. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, the, it, the third wrist would be helpful there. Yeah. I don't know who the car was designed to, how it was designed to be worked on. I, I, it's just, uh, oh, oh, my God. It's uh, yeah. Engin- yeah. They they consulted uh, with the engineers over at Yang Wang. Yeah, they- <laughs> was a Yang Wang designed uh, engine bay. Yeah, holy moly, was it? Uh, yeah, it was. It was fun though. So uh, so that's up there. Uh, next up, I believe next weekend or something is the uh, I think it's the three D printer stuff we start on in on. Uh, and uh, so yeah, if you haven't uh, been over to the old YouTube, uh, I'm sure you all have by now. Uh, but uh, maybe tell a friend. You know, if they like. YouTube, if they like Freelanders, maybe Yang Wangs, I don't know. Get them on over there. Sign up the old YouTube. You know, like and subscribe. Do all that sort of stuff. It uh, it helps us out. We appreciate it. We're uh, we're 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 making the march towards a thousand subscribers because then uh, we get some kind of special YouTube consideration, and maybe then people will pay attention to the videos, which which we would like because then we'll keep making them. It'll be great. It'll be great indeed. All right. Well, <laughs> with that, uh, we're back into uh, organizing all my super tiny bits, and uh, we're going to go throw in our pre-orders <laughs> for some Yang Wangs, and uh, we'll uh, see you next week. All right. See you on the trail. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.